Hello, and welcome to the Jesus and a Cup of Joe podcast, the show that brings you a conversation about Jesus, the Bible, and life. Here is your host, Royce Bottoms. Hey, I want to welcome all of you to the show. Thank you for joining me today. Before we get started in today's show, I wanted to uh, share some information and some changes uh, to the Jesus and the Cup of Joe podcast. Um, we are going to start our format to be a 30-minute podcast instead of the 15 minutes as we've done in the past, and that's because we have been picked up by the Helium Radio Network, which is based out of Tampa, Florida. Um, we have a radio slot time of every Sunday from 12 to 12.30. So if you go to the heliumradio.com, look under the Life Improvement Radio uh, button, you will see the Jesus and a Cup of Joe podcast being uh, listed on there. So we're excited about that, being able to uh, make it to internet radio, to be able to reach more listeners. So we're excited um, to, to have that opportunity. So that's one announcement. The other is, as always, you can reach us through our social media pages, our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also reach us by email at Joe at gmail.com. If you have any questions or thoughts that you want to share with us, by all means, do that. Um, in our Jesus and a Cup of Joe website at JesusandACupofJoe.com, there's also a section for prayer request. So if you have a request that you want to send, um, by all means do. I look forward to, to reading those and, and uh, helping you guys with your prayer request. So now I'm going to get into um, the thought for the day is uh, sin. It's a three-letter word that a lot of Christians don't like to use. Um, Christians love to, to use other words to describe sin as as mistakes or or you know hiccups or whatever the case may be. When we look at the dictionary, when we look up the definition of sin, we see the immoral act considered to be a transgression against divine law. And you know, when we live in this culture where the concept of sin has always been entangled with arguments over who's right and what, who's wrong. Many of us consider sin as being the violation of the Ten Commandments, even though we look at it and we, we call it major sin and minor sin. We want to take sin and we want to throw it in two categories. We have the major sin, which is murder and adultery, um, but then we have our minor sins, which is lying and, and, and cussing and and doing the, the the small stuff, the petty stuff, because we believe that there is this thought process of there's the big things I can get in trouble for, and there's the little things that I might not get in trouble too much for. But we need to understand, um, sin is sin, no matter how you look at it. The truth is, when we're looking at the Bible, and we look at the original translation of the word sin, it's, it truly means to miss the mark. And the mark in this case is the standard of perfection that's been established by God through the evidence of Jesus. Viewed in the light that it's clear that we're all sinners. So if you look at it and you see that it states that we missed the mark, it's kind of like the bullseye. If you don't hit it in a bullseye, you missed the mark. 
because of the perfect standard that's been established by God, which Jesus himself was evidence of what sin is and what sin is not. But if you look at Romans 3, 23, the Apostle Paul says, we've all sinned and fall short the glory of God. In light of this, we know there's no good comparison of ourselves to other people. We cannot escape our failures, and we cannot try to proclaim our own righteousness to show our strength. By God's designs, we we understand our weaknesses, and we consider relying on the anointing sacrifice of Jesus. Sin is mentioned, you know, hundreds of times in the Bible, and it starts with the original sin, which started with Adam and Eve, that ate from the tree of knowledge. And that's what started sin on this earth. Now, you know, there's there's been discussions about the Garden of Eden. There's been discussions about the uh, the tree, the the tree of knowledge of good and good and evil. But that's where sin first originated for all of us. And it was because they violated what God told them. Told them they could eat from anywhere else in the Garden of Eden, but don't touch that tree. But they were tempted. It was tempted by the devil. And they they ate of the fruit, or they ate from the tree, and their eyes uh, were open. They started recognizing their nakedness, and that's when God came back and intervened. And basically, that's where we really see sin start take, taking hold in our lives. But Paul, however, puts it in perspective in Romans 3.20 when he says, Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight. By observing the law rather than through the law, we became conscious of our sin. You know, God wants us to recognize our sins. Even though we're not out here murdering people, we're not committing adultery, but we do find ourselves uh, convicted of lying or worshiping false idols, or wealth or power, and all of this stuff we put ahead of God. And I know some of you could sit there and say, well, you're not. I'm not out here worshiping uh, false gods. Well, I'd beg to differ. And the reason I would say that is because look at our athletes, all right? Even through the time when I was growing up, you had athletes uh, your Michael Jordans, you had your uh, Walter Paytons, you had your Bo Jacksons, um, your Dale Earnhardt's. You had all of these different athletes and movie stars that we wanted to be like, we wanted to act like, we wanted to grow up and become. And so, in fact, we did start worshiping false idols and false gods because we place these people upon a pedestal. I mean, I'm I was a huge NASCAR fan. I loved Dale Earnhardt Sr. I thought he was a fantastic driver. A lot of people didn't like him, but I liked him. I liked his style of racing. But was he an idol to me? Did I want to grow up and be like him? I I wanted to grow up to be a NASCAR driver, but I didn't want to be like him. You know, uh, the same with uh, professional wrestling. You have 
some kids who want to be professional wrestlers because of because of the John Cena's or because of this person or because of that person and and they want to change their life to be like them. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, everybody, you know, when he was in wrestling and now he's in movies, everybody wants to be like Dwayne Johnson. I want to be as big as Dwayne, I want to make movies, I want to do all that. So we're worshiping. And the way I understand this and the way I feel about this is if we would just put that much energy as we put into our athletes and our movie stars, if we put that much energy into following God, man, can you imagine what our life would be like? Could you imagine how our life would be? But we got to understand that that sin and any amount, any amount, sin will cause a distance from us to God. Because God can't see sin. He can't look upon it. It's dirty to him. And so, therefore, we're dirty because we were born into sin. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, it says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear be too dull to hear. So if we're sinners, we have sin upon us, we have a distance of God, we have sin in our lives, what are we going to do? Well, first, we got to understand we got to resist temptation, and we got to understand that we have to fight back in any way that we can. Well, that's easier said than done, right? Because sin as we know it has, as I said, entered the world through Adam and Eve, and we're all born of the sinful nature. But there is great news. Much like sin was brought into the world by one man, Adam, salvation comes to this world by one man named Jesus, who finished the work upon the cross so we could have victory over our lives, in our lives over sin. We'll never achieve perfect, perfect perfection, but we can make choices to have a richer, fuller life. And we can do that through Jesus. Wouldn't it be amazing if we didn't have to sin anymore and there was no more sin in our life? Could you imagine what it would be like to be released from the bondage of sin? To have it all wiped away and have it all clean and have it no more. And that, that will happen. That will happen one day when we enter the gates of heaven. Because there is no sin in heaven. So the question is, we have sin. We know where sin come from. We know the history of it. So why do we keep sinning? Why does a person keep committing sin? Why do they keep committing wrongdoing? Because we're human and it's in our nature. We all have a sinful nature. Our flesh is strong and self-serving and wants what it wants. We all know that. We all see that. The flesh wants what it wants and it's strong. The Bible tells us that the flesh, that the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak, and that's true. Because we desire things of pleasure, things of of power and of profit that can cause a wedge and a separation between us and God. We're susceptible to temptation, and we're likely to turn to sin because we have desires and appetites that we want to be fed. And when temptation strikes our flesh, 
In the most difficult time, it's hard for us to say no because we're weak. The Apostle Paul wrote that he didn't understand why he does what he does, and that he literally hate doing the things that he did, but he kept doing them. And the things he wanted to do, he didn't do them. Paul even wrote that. So, what are you saying? Are you saying that we're, we're all evil and sinful nature? No. I'm saying we all have sin in our lives. No matter what we do, there is not a time that we can get up. From the time your alarm goes off from the, until the time you lay your head back down on that bed, you're going to sin sometime in your life. It's going to happen. It may be um, looking at a, a stranger in a, a lustful way. It could be um, listening to, to words that are inappropriate, um, that is, you know, using foul language, especially against the Lord. It could be anything in our lives. Because if you, if you look at it, it's beyond the Ten Commandments of sin. The Ten Commandments is a foundation. It's what we should look at to, to try to strive to be the best at. But it's sin can be a lot more. It could be so nitpicky that we disregard it as sin. But if you are, if you know Jesus as your personal Savior, and you're saved, and you have the Holy Spirit in you, the Spirit's going to tell you what's right and wrong. That's why when you are doing something wrong, whether it's um, sneaking out some money out of your parents' wallet or, or purse, or or doing something against your spouse, and you feel that that pit of your stomach turning, and then all of a sudden you know, man, what I'm doing is wrong, but I can't stop. That's the Spirit telling you, this is sinful, this is wrong, this is what you should do right. In the moments of our weakness, our spiritual enemy is near. He tries to convince us that what we are doing is okay. He tries to assure us by talking to us, by spreading the lies, and trying to get us to accept what we're doing. The devil himself, in your most time of weakness, will stand there and and encourage you to keep going. Because he knows that the more that you sin, the more you can separate yourself from God. And the more that you're separated from God, the better chance that he can get a hold of you. So when you look at that aspect of it, you understand that the devil lost. The devil lost the day Jesus was resurrected. The day the tomb was empty, the devil lost. He thought it was all done. The war is over, right? God will prevail. The Bible even tells us that, that God will win this ultimate war, this holy war, this spiritual war. But the devil's going to keep on trying, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to keep out fighting because that's what he's trying to do. If he can fail, if he can fill hell with enough souls by turning people against God, then he feels like he's winning it in the end. Because I'm a true believer that God is sitting 
upon the throne, and he's wanting every human being he's ever created, which is all of them, to come home to heaven one day. But because of sinful nature, because of history, because the way we're raised, because of whatever has caused separations between us. That's why you have different religions, if you look at it. And what is religion? If you you listen to this podcast, you've heard me talk about religions. Religion is man-made. A religion is man-made, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't hold water. It will fail. Because everything that's man-made will fail. Whether it's cars, computers, religions, whether it's buildings, it'll fail. Christianity is made by God through his son Jesus. It has never failed. It will never fail. It is everlasting. It stands the test of time. That's what we need to get behind. When someone says, I'm a Christian, they're proclaiming that they follow Christ. Now, I'm not going to want to get in a tit for tat, Because there are some people out there who claim to be Christians who don't act like Christians. And that could be an episode for another day. But when I tell people what I am, I tell people I'm a Christian. I don't say I'm a Baptist. I don't say I'm a Methodist. I don't say I'm a Protestant. I don't say I'm a Lutheran. Because those are religions. Those are are, a part of the religious community that has doctrines that's been created, in my opinion, by man. Being a Christian, following Christ, is made by God, and it's never failed. And that's why I proclaim myself as a Christian, because I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that he died for me, and he was resurrected, that he sits at the right hand of the Father, and he makes a way for me. And by turning my life over to him and accepting him as my Lord and Savior and inviting him into my life, I believe I'm saved. And I believe once I lay this body down in this old earth— I believe I will lift my eyes and I will be in paradise. I will be in heaven. Now, whatever happens after that, I don't know and don't really care because I'll be in heaven. So, we understand why we keep sinning. We keep sinning because the flesh is is weak. And so, now we got to figure out how we're going to stop from sinning. So how, do you, how does one stop for sinning? Well, we could sit there and say the good news is that we can improve this area by not allowing sin to hold us hostage. We could choose to do things to strengthen ourselves in order to overcome the temptation and the spiritual battles. We can evaluate the kind of situations that we put ourselves in. And we can have a mindfulness of the people that we spend time with and make sure that we are around like-minded people and influencers, we could do all of that. So we know that there's spiritual battles going on. We, I discussed it. There is a spiritual battle between good and evil, between heaven and hell, between the angels of the Lord and, and Satan's demons. There, there's a war going on. We put ourselves in situations because we're human, because that's what we do. It's, it's like uh, the time I, I spoke about, you know, following money or following God. 
You know, we chase shiny things. We, we see new things and that's what we want because that's what we crave. We, we crave to be loved. We crave to have power. We crave to be like something else or someone else. And so we're going to do whatever it takes to get there, no matter what, even if it costs us in the end. And the reason I say that is because there are people that I know that has chased the almighty dollar, that has chased the, the, the beautiful woman or the handsome man to the ends of the earth just to find themselves lonely or broke and separated. So looking at this, looking at the choices that we have, it's all about free choice. Okay, free choice. And keep this in mind because our free choice, we were giving a freedom to choose by God. Because if you look at it this way, he could have removed the tree from the Garden of Eden. He could have never let sin come in because I believe God knew what was going to happen. He could have stopped all of that. So where there was never a reason for Jesus to come upon this earth and to die for us, we would have been living in perfect paradise today. There would have been no wars. There would have been no famine, no hunger, no hatred, no nothing, no disease. It would have been a perfect harmony. But to do that, he, took, he would have had it taken away free will and free choice. And I believe that's something that God didn't want to do. He wants us to have a free will and a, and a freedom to choose. And we're presented with that every day if you think about it. We are presented to choose what is right or what is wrong. Just like a child when you tell them, don't do this or this is the consequence. They have a choice. Am I going to do this and see what the consequences are? Or am I going to do this and see what those consequences are? Because if you tell them, don't eat these cookies before your dinner or else, well, what is else? Or else you're going to get in trouble. You may get a spanking. It may be put in time out, whatever. Now that child has a choice. Do I eat the cookie or do I leave it alone? But now, if you look at it, now we're seeing the temptation of the flesh just, just in a, through the eyes of a child. Because think about it this way. A child wants that cookie because that cookie is good. It's sweet. It may be a chocolate chip cookie, whatever kind of cookie, but it's sweet. The child wants it. And that is the only thing on that mind of that child right now is how do I get this cookie? How can I get a hold of this sweet treat and not get caught? Well, the child's been told what to do and what not to do. The child's been told of the consequences of choosing whatever actions that that child's going to do. So the child goes for the cookie. The child gets caught. The child is punished. It's the same way in our lives today following Jesus. When we know what's right and wrong because of what the Spirit tells us. But we do it anyway. And what we do is we find out there's consequences. So we need to learn to say yes to things of God. We need to follow God more. We need to, to not follow the things of this world. We need to quit worrying what the devil is, 
is holding over us to get us to follow him and keep our eyes fixed upon God. And, and we could do that through the word of God. And no matter what you've heard about your past, when you want to hear the truth about your present and future, there is no sin that you could commit that cannot be forgiven from God. There's no sin that you could ever commit where God will never turn his back on you. He will He always forgive you. There's no sin out there that's going to make God say, well, that's it. I can't I, I can do it. I can't do it. No, there, he loves us. How do I know he loves us? Because he sent his only son to the cross for us. That's why I know he loves us. There is no deep, dark secret that we've ever committed that we cannot be forgiven for. There is nobody in our life that we've ever betrayed that we cannot be forgiven for or any hateful words that's ever been spoken. We can be forgiven for all of that. There may be something coming in our minds that's hateful. There may be something that is just holding us down that we got to confess. And we can do that. We can do that with the prayer as easily as saying, Heavenly Father, I know that you fill in the blank was wrong. Please forgive me of my sin. Help me turn from my sin and walk in the freedom that you offer me. That's how easy it can be. That's how easy it can be. God has forgiven us for our past sins. He will forgive us for our future sins. Jesus has gone before us. His death covered all the sins that we could ever commit. He paid the ultimate price. His sacrifice upon the cross paid for every one of our sins, past, present, or future. He covered them all. When he went upon that cross and he laid his body down and he took it up again in three days, he paid the price for everything that we do. That right there should give you the excitement of the good news of being able to follow Jesus. So in closing, I want to say this about sin. Sin is dirty, but it's forgivable. Sin can bear you down, and there may be something going on in your life right now to where you are just feeling as dirty as you've ever felt before. I'm here to tell you, there is a way to get clean. There's a way to feel better, and his name is Jesus. And he's waiting on you to come to him and to ask him for help and accept him as your Savior. We need to understand that God loves us all. He loves each and every one of us. And 1 John 1, 9 says, If you confess your sins, he is faithful and he will forgive you of your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. All we have to do is turn it over to Jesus, ladies and gentlemen. Because there's enough sin going on in this world right now. And I know that. So it's time that we turn to Jesus. So I want to thank all of you for listening today, listening to this podcast, supporting this ministry, supporting our social media pages. I look forward to bringing you more messages in the near future. Um, By all means, check out Helium Radio Network and take a listen on Sunday uh, mornings from 12 to 1230. But 
As always, you start your day with Jesus and a cup of joe. God bless. The Jesus and a Cup of Joe podcast would like to thank Artisans Woodwork for being a proud sponsor of this podcast. Artisan Woodwork is a locally owned small business that creates high quality cutting boards, cheese boards, and serving trays. So if you're in the market for a great gift for you, your friends, or your family, I ask you to contact Artisans Woodwork through Facebook at Artisans Woodwork 73.